Number 213 of Final Boss TV. My name is Adam K.K. Bay. I will be your host today for the Brewmaster Monk slash Tank Corruption discussion. We did have Vengeance Demon Hunter a little while ago. We did have Blood DK a little while ago. But those are both before they changed 8.3, before the Nihilotha raid opened up, and before the entire corruption system came into play. So we'll catch up with all of that with potentially the tank that's been like the premier best thing for all mythic progression for ever since it came into the game. But we'll get through all of that today. And of course more, because I always aim for 90 minutes and the show ends up being two hours long, but that's just, that's just them's the ropes, I guess. But of course I would not be sitting in this chair right now if I wouldn't be for all of the amazing support that you nerds and ladies have given the show over the years. So thank you very much to those that are supporting the show, the stream, and everything in between directly over on the show's Patreon page. That's where you get some behind-the-scenes stuff, some exclusive art that comes out every tier, as well as the additional BTS After Show unscripted podcast. You can go check out where to support the show directly down below on Twitch or, of course, on the YouTubes. But as a, a side note, in case that you will maybe not have this already sorted if you are following the content, that I put out on the internet. The Shadowlands beta testing, where I do a lot of my class deep dives and things of that nature when the shows will be evolved around Shadowlands. That all gets archived, of course, over into my YouTube channel. There will be direct YouTube videos that will be made there. And the playlist of the old stuff is still there. Like, this is the WoW Legion beta testing with one of my most watched videos of all time when I did the Enhancement Shaman video. But all the other side stuff is all there as well, too. So if you haven't already, want to go cross a subscribe, that's free over on to my YouTube channel. That's where I'll be making all of the, the testing videos when those come out. And some people actually still follow me for only that, which is actually incredible after all these years. And then, of course, another huge shout out to my sponsors and partners for the show that are supporting me with, with gear and with you guys with the discount codes and things of that nature for looking for bits and bobs and pieces and parts for upcoming builds. Of course, big shout out to Corsair and Elgato. Appreciate you very much out there and the other team. Apparently, they just won a CNET Editor's Choice Award for their new Corsair One Pro. There's a couple of uh, members of my community, actually, that have partaken in the Corsair One dive, and uh, all I've heard is good things. But if you're looking for a whole bunch of stuff, I've been a fan of the Corsair bits and pieces for a long, long time. I just put together my huge new build and I got a ton of stuff from Corsair and that I've either purchased myself or they got sent to me. But then I bought all my pieces also from Elgato that are also helping me out streaming all these things. But those links are down below or, of course, in chat or on YouTube. They're in the description box. It's not your first Rodeo. That's how the internet works. But alrighty. Today's show. Brewmaster Monks, Corruptions. Good boy Peo is back. Welcome back to the show, sir. You ready to talk about Brewmasters? Uh, I don't know. Are you ready to listen to me rant for three hours? Well, I said roughly 90 minutes, potentially up to two hours with some after show afterwards. So maybe can you give me like two hours and 33 minutes? 
Four hours, final offer. Ah, oh, crap. Four hours. Uh, um, uh, Amelson's also here. He's the he's the fresh meat of the show. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello. How many hours are you planning to talk about Brewmaster today? Uh, well, less than three. Okay. Uh, because I have to be on for raiding less than three. So, uh, I'll guess I'll keep Pow in check for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Way to undercut my offer. <laughs> oh, I see. That's the that's how it works, though. Well, all right, gentlemen, we have a lot to get through. I actually was when I was working through the show notes, I actually started just putting less paragraphs after a little while because I feel that a sentence could lead to many, many like just strains of tank jargon. And uh, if any of you are familiar with hanging out in my Twitch chat now and then, Peo stops by and then he has to communicate through paragraphs only. He doesn't say sentences. It's just like wall of text. Wall of text. I, I have no wall idea what you're talking about. I yeah. am very terse. <laughs> yeah. Well, back on you, sir. What do you do in the, the dabbling in the world of Warcraft, Peo? What, what do you do in this community? How long have you been tanking? Uh, so I've been tanking on and off for the entirety of this game's existence, so 15 years. Um, and mostly now, uh, I coordinate all of the other peak writers in managing the brewmaster section of the peak Astrology website, mm -hmm. um, and also keep the main guide up to date, although it is embarrassingly out of date right now because I've been so busy with other stuff. <laughs> so that's mostly what I do. Yeah, peak, the peak of certainty community actually is one of the, I want to say few, but not every organic Discord community has another like a forward-facing website that also kind of coagulates all the information as well. There, I think more and more of them are are getting them put together. Maybe Shadowlands will get to that, but it always I always poke fun at the at the monk community because it always feels like brewmasters and windwalkers for some reason. Maybe because just the way that they're designed, the math behind them, maybe that's what it is. Always seem to have so much stuff about them. You're not going to find the same kind of spreadsheets for a Havoc Demon Hunter as you're going to find for a Brewmaster or Windwalker Monk. You have some very guide-focused, very, you know, uh, I guess Google document, very spreadsheety-oriented people in the, uh, the Peak community, Peo. Is that accurate, would you say? Yeah, I think that'll tend to happen when your class is the living embodiment of jank. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a class that has as many janky interactions or just outright broken things that mm -hmm. work for it as the monk class does. So it's, that... it's truly remarkable. So then wait a minute then. So you told me when we were putting this together so emelson you dive into this jank is that what you're now known for more or less yeah um going into bfa i did all of the math for the brewmaster azurite traits and that involved doing some of the math that we didn't have uh good numbers on before for things like our mastery mm -hmm. which it turns out is very powerful um but yeah i uh I only started this tanking thing way more recently than Paolo. I started in Nighthold. It was the first raid that I tanked. 
Oh wow! I didn't do Mythic until Antorus, uh, and uh, been CE every tier since Antorus, if you don't count Unat. But uh, I've been playing this game casually for like 15 years. It started in Burning Crusade, so 12 years, I guess. Oh dang! And then what? Um, what resources or guides or math have you been a part of? Then, like, what is what's like the quote unquote published stuff that you have helped put together most uh the two biggest ones are definitely the well analyzer stuff uh the brewmaster code is almost exclusively mine at this point uh there's little bits and pieces that some other people have helped out with but if you look at wow analyzer for brewmaster monks that is by and large my work and then the azurite trait and essence guide for brewmasters uh i wrote and maintained and then there's little other pieces that go on um, behind the scenes. I don't think much of it is is public. Uh, I think a lot of people saw some of the charts that I made for Mandel's Blood Decay post. Uh, so I'm, I'm involved kind of across the community in a few different ways, but most of it stays uh, kind of in the back channels because a lot of it is just very dense math. Yeah, dense math is um, it's one way to describe it. The well analyzer stuff is crazy actually. I haven't I haven't dived into this since like uh Eternal Palace. Really? I think it was like Jaina and then into Eternal Palace was when it was definitely talked about a lot more, but this is such a crazy tool that if you guys haven't checked this out yet. It looks like the, it real, has, hmm? the real wonder that Emilson did that has done us a lot of favors is uh if you go look at the Brewmaster module and look at statistics, you can see the the stat breakdown and you can look at damage mitigated based on stats and things like that. So you can look at a uh in this poll, what was the impact that my stats had on damage taken and things like that. I have a little bit of extra work to do on that because there's a column that I need to delete from that. Uh, so do me a favor before you scroll down, click the uh, expected mitigation by mastery. You see where it says click to load? Go click that. Expected mitigation from mastery. Is that... Uh, there's a like click to load if you scroll it's up. It's a box in the center of the like little summaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then that'll load the mastery values for the, the table down below. Ah. I see. Oh, yeah, your mastery gift for the ox healing right here. This whole... Mm -hmm. This is just the sample log that gets pulled up, of course, but... Yeah, and I mean, there's... Emelson can attest to how much trying to figure out uh, how do we value dodge is a lot harder of a question than people would anticipate. That's wild. It's a lot easier, I think, for monks than it would be for other specs. Because the thing about dodge is normally it's high variance. Right. But because we have stagger, the variance kind of gets smoothed out naturally, uh, making it like higher dodge. We can more or less just treat it as reducing the amount of healing you need and not really worry about the variance because stagger exists. Right. Well, don't don't get too far ahead about the stagger discussion. I'm sure that'll rear its weird mathy head as the show moves on here specifically, but let's 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 jump back. I preface the blood DK and the Vengeance Demon Hunter stuff, but uh let's get into the 8.3 then. So I was saying I roll about the clock to bit when the last tanking show, which was Blood Decay and Vengeance. Both of those are of course on 
iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify. They're archived on YouTube. But now that we're in the thick of patch 8.3, previously there was a whole bunch of WoW content creators that were out there. I wrote down here from the previous notes that I pulled over here. There was specifically uh, Preach. Mike had a video about the you know meta changes and shifts and his predictions. Kalani had a video about it. I think Hazel talked about it in one of her videos. And I, I imagine like everyone else either on streams or potentially other videos were also uh, brought up there about this like huge return of the Blood Death Knight phase. But then the Vengeance Demon Hunter talking about like, how it's finally their time to shine phase. So now flash forward to now. What happened with the tank meta? And is there such a thing still? So, so I think that uh, it's kind of funny because so much changed in terms of like, so much was different from what we were expecting going from PTR to live. Um, the Blood Decays are Kings of the Meta prediction kind of ended up being true, but not really for the reasons people expected. Um, they ended up really good because they interact really well with corruption, like absurdly well. Um, high HP, naturally stacking haste. Mm -hmm. um, they're exceptionally good at dealing with the negative effects compared to other tanks. All that stuff meant that they can run higher corruption more comfortably than most tanks, which in turns mean, which in turn meant they bring a ridiculous amount of damage. Um, and then also, this is the only tier that we've seen in recent memory where damage actually went down between ptr testing and live um so the survival impact which is what most of the rankings and things were based off of actually ended up being almost non-existent you can bring pretty much any tank to any of these fights and the damage kind of feels like a joke um there's very very few like fights where the tank damage is actually just really high um shadhar is the only one and that's really only if you screw it up does the damage get high um, but so we ended up being kind of, it ended up, people were right about the blood decay, but not really for the reasons we expected. Yeah. I, and I think, so you mentioned that, um, the damage went down from PTR, but in a lot of cases, the damage actually went down from Eternal Palace as well. Uh, Ilganoth melee is less hard than most bosses in Eternal Palace, just at the raw value. Hmm. Um, so now that our armor and stagger and everything has caught up with this tier, we're actually taking less damage than we were last tier uh, on a lot of fights, uh, which is great for Blood DK, not so great for other classes whose claim to fame is can deal with damage from melee attacks extremely well. Um, there's also just a lot of magic damage in this raid, it, and it's been this steady trend over the course of the expansion. Every tier has had more than the last. Despite what they said, you know, in pre-patch about wanting tanks to do physical mitigation, there's just not a whole lot of physical damage. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is. Melees are still a big part of it, but it's less true than it was in BOD, where I was like, there's nothing here but melee damage. Now, melee damage is like 40 to 50% of the damage you'll take on most fights, but there's a hefty amount of magic damage tacked onto it, uh, which while we've seen Blood DK rise to the occasion because of that, we've also seen things like prop, uh, prop warriors being brought less because shield block is less valuable um, when the, the magic damage just ignores it. Right. Yeah, and there's also some there's also some weirdness there. Like 
a lot of people don't appreciate just how low the tank damage is in this tier. Um, one of the comparisons that I like to go to is um, Zanesh's raw melee damage is the same as Talix. Yes. Um, so that and should like, really put you in perspective, like how much melees were a big deal in Uldir and how much damage is not in this tier. I think it's important to note for those that maybe aren't aware, they did make a change in BFA uh, where your armor damage reduction basically gets reset every tier. Yep. It doesn't quite get reset. We gain like one to two percent damage reduction every tier over the last, but um, we have fairly close to the same damage reduction from armor uh, as we did in Uldir. So we would expect the numbers to be you know, kind of similar, but then other stats like versatility and mastery for us don't have those diminishing returns. So we just have loads more mastery, for example, than we did in Uldir. So we dodge a bunch more and those autos become less and less dangerous. That that whole K value thing that Wowhead made this yes. gigantic yes. post about. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. K value is um, an interesting beast because it's a value that was definitely not meant to change. Mm. so there's some weird there's some weirdness with it in terms of like you interpret it like um so like the easiest way to think about the k value is k is the amount of armor you need to have 50 percent dr if you have k armor you have 50 percent physical dr from armor sure. um and it used but, to be this thing it, it it's always been in the game it's been in the game since day one it was tied to your level initially uh, or rather the level of whatever you were fighting. So if you were underleveled, your armor would be less effective. You can log on to Classic and see that effect. Um, it's only in BFA that they changed it and made it so even within the same expansion with bosses and, and mobs of the same level that it's had different effects. And it's not just in raids. It also pops up. Uh, Mechagon and Nashatar have higher K values than other zones in BFA. So if you are a DPS and uh, you know you're you're coming back to the game and you're getting your account wide essences on Tuesday, uh, you're gonna get hard gonna get hit harder in those zones than you will in other BFA zones, and it's really counterintuitive. Yeah, and it's not really communicated well either, which is my big complaint about it. It's just it's under the hood and it's there, but it's yep. really really obfuscated like i don't think you could get more obfuscated yeah. than the changing k value actually i mean we actually have to go uh every patch uh, i guess we don't have to do this anymore hopefully but uh every patch we have to go and like hop into the instances and run a macro to actually find out what the k value is the game doesn't tell you we reverse engineer it from what the actual uh dr is that's <sighs> There's so many other systems that are happening behind, which again, some of it gets totally communicated within the Discord communities now, of course, in that regard, and that huge wowhead post that goes out there. But maybe it's just it's information that the the wide populace of World of Warcraft players don't need to worry about. It's only one of those things that gets there when it's the higher end. But once you know about it, you're just kind of you kind of squinty eyes, like, what is that? But so then I guess. Hal, you mentioned the blood decay thing then, but then the follow-up to that was were the speculations about vengeance tanks being as good as they were going to be. Did that have legs to stand on? Uh, are brewmasters still king, right? 
And then so, did Blood DK just get reverted back to a DPS spec suddenly, but then nerfed by Blizzard because fun detected? So, um, Vengeance is as good as we expected it to be in terms of damage mitigation. It's hmm. just not needed anywhere. Um, the go-to example was about week three. Uh, there was a Vengeance Demon Hunter that solo tanked Mythic Shadhar. Um, <laughs> For those that aren't familiar with Mythic Shadhar, he's got this tank combo that does like 400% damage if both halves of it go on the same tank. So if you're one tanking it, you're taking four times the, the amount of damage from that as you, yeah. as you otherwise. So, I mean, like, they, they really are, like, as strong as we were saying defensively. It's just not been needed anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, there's not any fight that's challenging enough that you need, like, the full turtle Vengeance Demon Hunter. Um, they're seeing some use in Mythic Plus where corruption kind of solves the big issue of Demon Hunter, which is that you trade mitigation for damage very heavily. Yeah. Um, but with something like Twilight Devastation, you can get a lot of that damage back. Um, so they're seeing some, they're seeing use in Mythic Plus for that. Um, in terms of Brewmaster, the biggest thing is just that, I mean, similar to Vengeance the you don't need that defensive value um and so the kind of downsides rear their ugly head of you need more healing at even at low damage values uh you need to be healed more than other tanks because your self-healing is based on damage is based on damage intake but will never exceed damage intake um so you don't have like a flat baseline like death strike always heals for what is it seven percent eight percent max hp um, Brewmaster has nothing like that. There is no baseline healing. Yep. Um, so any damage amount over an infinite amount of time will kill you. You could be taking, you know, three damage per second over an infinite amount of time that kills you. I know this is, um, there's like a caveat that I wanted to slide in there real quick because this is, wasn't this part of the, and this is like two years after the fact. And when I was doing my testing going from Legion to Battle for Azeroth, that was the one really awkwardly glaring open world flaw to yeah. Brewmaster is that you, every other tank has something they can do to heal themselves, like in, in combat or reactively in some way. But Brewmaster just has to, they have to take damage to spawn their mastery orbs, right? Your gift of the ox. But yep. that's the only tank that has this restriction. Whereas if you're taking lots of chip little bits of damage over time it actually hurts you more than like getting just smashed in the face but open world stuff's not gonna just that's sort of like a yeah new, that's new been rare. one of my complaints about brewmaster for a long time uh and going from legion into bfa one of the things i posted in the feedback threads is that i wanted to see brewmaster have a better time at lower damage like sure. if you have less incoming damage brewmaster just sucks like it outright sucks and it was especially true. It's still very true while you're leveling. Um, the only true damage reduction you get is mastery at level 78. Before that, you're basically just, a, you are almost literally a windwalker with more health <laughs> um, because the trash doesn't hit hard enough to give you gift, gift of the ox orbs. Purifying brew is super ineffective and uh, you just have to get spam healed. It's, it's very yeah. bad. Um, and if you're running heroics, heroic dungeons and stuff like that early in the expansion, it's the same deal. Any time that you basically outgear content, Brewmaster is just a mana sink. 
and it requires way more attention. Uh, the counterbalance to that is that in high-end content like Mythic Raids, Brewmaster's been very good because basically you trade healer attention for just like crazy stability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brewmasters are absurdly durable, not quite the level of current gluttony vengeance, but still very, very solid. But that's actually going into 8.3. One of the nerfs that we got was a, a hotfix to Gift of the Ox, where prior to uh, 8.3, it was counting our max HP incorrectly, uh, which if you don't know how to implement it, sounds wrong. It doesn't actually look at your real max HP. It uses like this expected amount so that using a health buff doesn't make it harder to spawn Gift of the Ox, basically. There were a couple other things as well going 8.3 because your they reduced your stamina bonus by 5%. They reduced the agility passive stagger math backend formula by 15% of your agility from 105 to 90. And then a little a touch high tolerance, your talent was also reduced a little bit as well. The developer notes, I mean, they sing true. Brewmaster's extremely high effective health against physical damage, but they are rarely in danger against spike damage that threatens other tanks. This should strength. This should be, still be the strength of the Brewmaster, but not by such a wide margin. I feel like they could just copy yeah. and paste this every time they touch Brewmaster, every expansion, every patch, though. Yeah, I mean, part of... So, I guess, to kind of answer your question from earlier... Brewmaster is still one of the safest choices if you are looking to clear mythic content and you don't have time to gear up all six tanks to bring them where they are strongest. Mm-hmm. Brewmaster is super safe. Uh, it's good in varying amounts on every single boss, and the bosses that it's like not super good on are like Skitra, and nobody cares because it's the second or third boss in the instance. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I sent you a uh, yeah, you a little thing, Bay, about uh, this is about the the magnitude of the gift of the ox nerf. So just like talking a little bit about what they actually changed. So gift of the ox basically doesn't behave like it says. Um, it says it gives you a chance to spawn a gift of the ox orb. It's actually not a chance at all. It's entirely deterministic. Um, sure. Every time you take your expected quote unquote expected max health and damage, you spawn an orb. Um, and so if you look, the blue on that graph is how many were actually spawning. The orange is how many you would expect to spawn if the calculation was correct and how much is spawning in 8.3. So you can see the magnitude of that nerf, um, in terms of how many orbs you actually spawn and how much self-healing you get. Um, the, the fun, um, numbers thing was prior to this bug fix, a brewmaster just by standing still and existing healed for about 18 to 20% of incoming damage. Which uh, might sound suspiciously close to the numbers on Death Strike, because it is suspiciously close to the numbers on Death Strike. Um, <laughs> it actually ended up meaning that a brewmaster hitting no buttons healed for a larger percentage of incoming damage over a fight than did a perfectly played Blood Decay. So, I mean, this leads right into, the, I guess, the, the real follow-up for this whole thing, the whole, like, face the facts, that is this just going to keep happening? Is the 
this weird teeter-totter. I, I put it in here for tanks, but it sounds like it's for Brewmaster more specifically in this regard. That is, unless something fundamentally changes, this kind, and again, you said jank. Right? That, that, there's yeah. some jank. Like, is that just going to keep happening? It seems like every major patch is always like small tweaks and, and stagger and that fix with orb, but then what orbs are supposed to do, like you just illustrated, don't do what they say they're supposed to do. So you when you math out what they actually do, it's incorrect based on what the game tells you. Is that just... Like, what, what are players so, supposed to do? So, I think that tank balance is weird and it's really really on a knife's edge in regards to because it's it's so tank balance is sensitive to a lot more external factors than dps balance especially but also healer balance um right. because tank balance is sensitive to what's the healer meta what's the incoming damage profile how much incoming damage is there like there's actually very little to do with the tank that influences the tank meta compared to external factors. Mm -hmm. um, and it means that, so there, there's like, I was planning to talk about this a little bit later, but there's like, there's they're called hard and soft failure modes, which anyone with an engineering background is familiar with. Um, basically a hard failure mode is where something breaks and it can't continue functioning because of that break. So like, the tines broke off my fork is a hard failure mode because it no longer functions as a fork. Um, but the tines bent on my fork is a soft failure mode because I can bend the back or I can just keep using it. Um, and it's... Every tank except Brewmaster is almost exclusively hard failure modes. Um, you either have threat or you're not doing your job. Uh, you are either surviving this mechanic or you're not doing your job. Right. Um, if you miss a cooldown, you will probably die, and that's a hard failure mode. If you miss a cooldown on a Brewmaster, you get chunked, you have really high stagger, your healers can recover. That's a soft failure mode. Mm -hmm. that's, so fundamentally... that's, where, yeah, that's fundamentally where Brewmaster gets strong and why it's really, really hard to balance Brewmaster versus other tanks because you basically pull external factors out of the equation. Like all of these things that are external motivators for tank balance just get removed from the equation by being a Brewmaster. Um, and so when you look at are, sorry, go ahead. When you look at it from a prog perspective, um, at least this expansion, the amount of healing that you need has just been a non-issue uh, everywhere except like Queen Ajara, where you're running, like, Method killed it with two healers, everybody else killed it with three. Um, available healing has been a non-issue, so the fact that Brewmasters require more healing has also been largely a non-issue. Uh, which just means that you just pick the one. Your, your decision process for picking a tank on a fight is basically three steps. Uh, do I have this tank leveled? <laughs> Do I, does the utility this tank brings break the fight in some way? Uh, death grip is the most frequent cause of uh, some way breaking the fight. Sure. And then lastly, uh, which one is least likely to wipe us on this boss? 
And that third one, because healing is so abundant, is always Brewmaster. If there's no way you can break the fight uh, outside of like prog, you know, world first, world top 10 guilds bringing tanks that they expect to use on the last like two bosses, uh, everywhere else you just want to bring the one that's not going to wipe the raid because wiping the raid, uh, even if it's, you know, one in a hundred pulls, you're still meaningfully increasing the amount of time that you have to spend on prog. Right. Yeah, and it's it's really awkward just because they're this is what this is like why we a big part of why we say that stagger is so problematic is because stagger is why Brewmaster has soft failure modes instead of hard failure modes for these kinds of things. And it's it just allows mistakes, which sure. is so ridiculously valuable on prog. Um like, we've made tons and tons of jokes that, you know, Brewmaster could take 40% more damage, but because of Stagger, it doesn't matter. Like, the, the the amount of healing available to a tank in a lot of settings is functionally infinite. Um, and what I mean by that is there's no... There hasn't been a fight in a very, very long time where healers can't just put more throughput onto the tank. Right. Like... The the throughput available to the tank is so colossally higher than the amount of damage intake and the amount of healing you need. It's comical. So, I, I you said you were going to talk about the whole failure modes differently. I, I'm I adjust the notes right. So we're gonna we're gonna keep going on this this uh, this this into the weeds. This thread here. Then, from me from the outside looking in, uh, my tank knowledge is very. When I do testing, which is going to be improved this time around, I'm actually going to be doing dungeons if, if they're on available uh, in Shadowlands testing. So I actually can get the feelings from ranged DPS, melee DPS, healers, and tanks firsthand as they evolve. But I have a lot of prot warrior time. And I mean, prot warrior has, you have ignore pain, you have shield block. I have some, some protodin time in the back end, right? Shield of the righteous, consecrate. Hand of the Protector, kind of things like that, right? React or Proact. And then obviously I have way back in the days some some Bear Druid stuff, which has evolved from just get hit in the face and just DPS. Now you've got Frenzied Regen, you've got Barkskin. Sure. It just seems to me that every other tank has this on-off switch, right? I played a lot of Havoc for the last two and a half tiers before now, so I did some Vengeance a little bit. That has demon spikes, or you have, you know, gluttony uptime, spirit bomb uptime, right? Make sure you're you're eating, you know, spawning and eating your souls properly to keep yourself healed. But it's an on-off switch, right? You build and then you spend. You build and you spend, or you maintain, or you float your active mitigation. So then what of stagger? Because all that jibber jab out of the way, it just sounds like stagger needs to basically be changed to be an on-off switch. Like you drink the brew. Stagger activates for a short window of time. You stagger damage. You can drink your, you know, purifying brew to reduce some of it after you've intaked it. Because having it as this always active thing just continuously, disproportionately makes them so much stronger in all these different ways in the game that then just it puts all five tanks that aren't Brewmaster in one, you know, bin and then Brewmaster's another bin. So then is that 
so making stagger an on off switch right now like if you had zero percent stagger while iron skin was uh not active right now it would change absolutely nothing because uh we have so many resources we have so many brews yeah uh, i actually had to go and change the wow analyzer code it used to, to like yell at you if you used purifying brew below heavy stagger um damage oh, is low yeah. enough and we have so many brews available now that i actually had to go and change it so now it like checks if you used more brews at low stagger than you could have and we just have too many brews we have a hundred percent of the time on iron skin brew with sometimes 20 purifying brews that we can spread out over the rest of the fight um that's not the problem that other tanks have other tanks have the opposite problem where like you're you have your gaps in shield of the righteous or in in shield block and you have to plan around how you're going to deal with tanking while you do not have your active mitigation available mm -hmm. and brewmaster just doesn't like demon spikes is straight up the most powerful um active mitigation in the game but it's up like 25 percent of the time sure iron skin is objectively a lot weaker but it's up all of the time which ends up being stronger from a progression perspective hmm. i wouldn't even argue that it's weaker numerically but that's a whole that's like that's a, a finer point yeah, that depends a lot on the file. Yeah. Um, but there's like so one of the weirdest things about Stagger, and one of the things that makes like having like window that windows of power playstyle with Stagger so hairy is that um Stagger by virtue of how it delays damage, and this is a big part of why you don't drop iron skin brew, even though it's mathematically like more damage mitigation to use purify and intermittently iron skin which is what they intend the reason you don't drop iron skin brew is because at the moment that iron skin brew falls mm -hmm. you are now delaying the heavy damage that you used iron skin brew so you have a heavy dot in addition to the now amplified impact damage from not having iron skin brew so right. what you actually do is you take something that was not threatening and that you made not threatening and make it threatening again later um, by dropping iron skin brew. And so in that sense, I mean, it's a really good allegory for actually drinking because, you know, you come down <laughs> from the drink, you get a hangover. Um, and it's a lot worse than before you started drinking. Right. But it's also they... like, I, yeah. I played a bunch of Paladin oh this expansion um not a whole lot on prog i used it on rastican because uh surprise surprise bubble and spell warding broke the fight and you never had to tank swap in the second phase sure um but that's about it and it's really jarring going to prop paladin where even like shield of the righteous feels extremely weak compared to iron skin even though in the end it's going to mitigate more damage just because, well, Paladin's got a bunch of other issues, but uh, we're not a Paladin show today. No. Uh, it just, it doesn't have the same smoothness. Sometimes with Shield of the Righteous up, you get hit two or three times and you don't block any of them. And you're suddenly at 15% health. And the healers have to adjust right then or you die. Mm -hmm. And Brewmaster never has that. And I, I really don't enjoy playing my Paladin right now, partly because I've been kind of spoiled by Brewmaster and how safe it feels and how much I can focus on other things in the fight. So I, I gotta give a shout out to both Reptar and Vind in Discord. When I, I always ping my Discord Fridays and Sundays before shows to ask for questions. 
So this whole topic, and I'll read like their questions smushed together, where the two of them had different threads of this overall point, where Brewmaster Monks normally take more overall damage than other tanks, but they're easier to heal because your damage doesn't spike the same as, say, like, Shield of the Righteous falling off, which is what Emelson just talked about. Uh, and do you think steadier tank damage intake would help balance others to compare to Brewmasters, or is the variety in damage patterns just the spice of tank life? It's a little bit ironic because we actually haven't had much of a of a variety in tank damage patterns this expansion. Mm. Um, you look at almost every fight this expansion, and there's two pieces of the tank damage, uh, sometimes three. First piece is melee damage, uh, which is just, yeah. you know, every one and a half seconds the boss autos you. Second piece is some kind of magic dot. Sometimes it's a bleed, bleeding or armor, so it's functionally the same. Uh, and the third piece is sometimes there's a magic nuke very, very rarely will have a physical nuke in its place. Um, Brewmaster is strongest against the physical nukes. We just haven't had them. Despite that, Brewmaster has been one of the them. best because it turns out that um, you don't need a whole lot for our mastery to become extremely valuable in mitigating auto attack damage. And traditionally, you know, like way back in the day, bears had uh, bears were like the dodge tank and it was just random whether you dodged or not. And sometimes you didn't dodge multiple times in a row and it was a huge problem. But Brewmasters have so many tools in place, they're just passive to prevent that from being a problem. Mastery has built in bad luck protection, so we can never get hit more than like twice in a row. And stagger means that even if you get hit twice in a row, it's not threatening. So we just... We haven't had consistent damage patterns, and it turns out that even when we don't have the one that's most beneficial to Brewmaster, being, you know, huge spikes like Argus, we're still very strong because when you shift the other way and it's all physical damage from auto attacks, oh, we're still really good. The kit's just a little bit overloaded with very powerful passives. Yeah, and I think that, um, First of all, like one of the big reasons that they don't do physical nukes anymore is actually because Brewmaster is so disproportionately strong compared to every other tank. Mm. Um, we've made jokes about this in the tank theory crafting channels. Um, when you look at stuff like Grong and like his smashes, uh, if you threw every cooldown that a demon hunter has at the smashes, they die on three. Um, uh, the Brewmaster with just Iron Skin Brew lives through five. Um, like I, before you um, even pop a cooldown, um, and there's just like there's all kinds of hilarity like that where it's just Brewmaster is disproportionately strong, so they can't make them. Yep. But there's also one of the things like if you go back and look at the times the tanking has felt best, it's when encounter design has matched with tank design. So tanks right now and basically since mop have been designed to have windows of strength that's either cooldown based or active mitigation based and the encounters that have felt the best are the ones that match that that have similar okay here's your window of high damage intake whether it's a debuff whether it's a nuke or whether it's something like that I mean, look at Ilganoth now. Ilganoth has really low melee damage. It's kind of a boring fight for tanks because there's nothing else going on. Yeah. But it's the first tank in a, or it's the first fight in a long time that I went in and was like, okay, I need to actually have kind of a cooldown plan for this. 
I need to think about it. I need to actually use my cooldowns. Um, it's much more of a classic fight in that regard. And in just playing the fight from a mitigation perspective, if you were to increase the damage maybe 30%, it would it would feel pretty it would feel threatening. It would feel pretty good. It's just undertuned. Um I think there's... like that those kinds of windows of opportunity to match up with your windows of power, it feels really good to hit those together. Like it feels really rewarding to say, here's really high damage intake. Let me use this so I'm really strong against it. That's really rewarding and feels good. Part of the problem as well is going into BFA from Legion, they stripped out almost all tools that tanks in general had to deal with magic damage, which means that the only damage we really consider when we talk about mitigation is uh, physical damage. Right. Blood decays and to a lesser extent vengeance are exceptions to that. Um, because of the amount of self-healing they have, that doesn't care what kind of damage you took. But if you look at prop paladins, um, Chill of the Righteous is just armor. So if, you're, if you've if you got a magic effect coming in, it does nothing. Uh, Iron Skin does a little bit. A little bit, but it does something. Uh, and you compare that to Legion, where Shield of the Righteous was just like a percent damage reduction. Stacking percent damage reduction, even. It was very, very good against magic nukes, where Stagger was not nearly as good although there are other tuning issues with brewmaster in legion but if we had current stagger in legion uh there are fights that had magic nukes that you would want a paladin on instead of a brewmaster but because they changed all tanks to care primarily about physical damage now brewmaster just happens to be the safest spec against physical damage uh, not necessarily the best i think prop warrior is the best but it's the safest yeah, in terms of raw damage mitigation, Prop Warrior just crushes everything else in terms of like phys raw physical damage. All right. Well, there was some weeds we chopped through there. I think that all being said now, it's been woven around just slightly, but at 8.3, there is a very big change. And as Peo said, and uh, Emelson definitely... Uh, echoed much changes with tanks that doesn't necessarily Im doesn't come from the tank changes themselves so corruption 8.3's big new change big new system and... who do I have to pay off to get good twilight devastation procs well how many uh, I have like six ranks for this stuff <laughs> how many vials of horrific visions do you have ready for Tuesday when you can go farm it uh i am i am ready to go to get my to do my six visions a week for all that corrupted gear. oh yeah baby you gotta do a, you got do, a, do a five mask full clear and then just spam fours that'll be the most efficient route what i've been uh told what i've Honest, heard honestly if you're playing a tank just spam the fives anyway uh, those visions they're so much easier as a tank it's comical or as a I healer would not I wouldn't spam fives next week of Stormwind. Um, it's true, it's true. <laughs> I would definitely spam fours in, in Stormwind. Yeah. So, I put on here, cut to the chase. Should tanks be running higher corruptions because they're tanks? Or should it stay a little more conservative? What do you guys... It definitely uh... depends on the fight. Absolutely depends on the fight. This there are fights really... like Ilganoth that have very specific points that you need to worry about your health. Right. Like if you you could play sixty corrupt 
just below 60 corruption on Ilganoth and be totally safe. Because the only thing that could kill you is a Grand Illusions proc right before the second I-beam. And you can just drop Ring of Peace on yourself before that I-beam, and you can't get hit by Grand Illusions. And then you're safe. Uh, you just do more damage. But there are a lot of other fights. I, for most of progression, um, I've run sub-40, and I did even on Ilganoth as well. It's just... Even though tanks have more mitigation, all of the damage you take from corruption is magic damage. Most tanks have a very bad time with magic damage. Brewmasters right. are largely not an exception. So uh, we also have more health. All the damage from corruption scales with your health. And uh, that's slow. Uh, one of the like main things that tanks have to do is position things. And when you get slowed by 60 to 80% from running high corruption in the middle of trying to reposition a boss, that can just wipe you. Uh, even if you, you know, your next GCD is Tiger's Lust, it can still be too little too late. Yeah, and Jaxel pointed out in chat, stagger damage can spawn things from beyond. Uh, so even when you're like not actively taking damage, you can still spawn them. I'm like reasonably sure. I think Pal might correct me on this, but I'm reasonably sure the proc rate's actually broken for Brewmasters and it spawns too much. But uh, um, I'm, I'm not 100. It's on that. not that it spawns too much. It's that uh, this is kind of getting into the weeds of how RPPM systems work. But basically, you are always within the uh the potential like there is a bad luck protection window where if it's more than four seconds between a proc it doesn't keep in between trying to proc it doesn't keep incrementing the proc chance um brewmaster is never in that because of stagger like you are always within that four second window because stagger is every half second right um so you have to go 14 seconds without taking damage for the proc rate to stop incrementing um, but that's kind of getting out into the weeds. So maybe yes, not broken, you... but we do. We, we're going to get more Grand Illusions procs than uh, DPS. Yeah. And because how of how punishing a tank death is for a fight, even if you have the battle res available, often it still wipes the raid. Personally, I would say stick below 40. Uh, that's what I do. It's pretty safe, and you can still do disgusting amounts of damage with Twilight Dove at that level. Uh, especially with where cloaks are now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit of a hairy question because there are a lot like tanks inherently have a lot more tools, but a tank having a problem with corruption is basically an insta wipe. Um, there's there's a log I'm trying to find right now, but struggling, um, which is from our Vexiona Prague, where I had three thing for, things from beyond spawn in the space of three seconds while I was getting ready to soak the Devastate. So Ouch. I used my cloak on the first one and then had two more spawn and I died from full health in, you know, 0.3 seconds when they all hit me. And there wasn't really a way that I could mitigate that because I have to be in this spot. I have to be soaking this mechanic. And yep. that felt re like that kind of stuff can happen. And it just, that's the nature of corruption. It can just happen. There's ways that you can mitigate it but in my mind, it's not really ever worth uh, forcing the player to play better, uh, or like you're just increasing the potential for the potential areas for mistakes. And right. it's there's not... also 
really a proportional reward. There's also the fact that fights this tier don't really have DPS checks at the point we're at now. Corruption has added so much damage to the raid that um, there you, you want to distribute your, your corruption evenly across the raid so that everybody's running a relatively low amount after resistance. And we still just smash the DPS checks uh, because of how much that level of corruption adds uh, to the raid's damage. We're not, we're, you know, prepping for an Azoth right now, and I don't think either of my team or Pow's team are in a situation where we're concerned about the DPS check. Uh, I think the instructions are still going to be like run sub 40 corruption, even as DPS, maybe sub 20 if you don't have particularly good corruption. Uh, the, the, there's no need to take the additional risk when you're progressing a fight because the requirement on the damage just isn't there to justify that risk. Now, that wasn't the case. Like a bunch of people saw, you know, limit in methods world first streams mm -hmm. where they had blood decays as literal DPS, <laughs> uh, because partially because, uh, echoing void was really busted. It's still, I would like them to buff it just a little bit. The 50% nerf was maybe too much. But they also have double the health of a brewmaster, so yep. and it's all percent HP. Oh yeah, the, there was. Uh, I talked to Nagi. I was casting the the method side of things over at Take TV, and Nagi had like ninety seven corruption, ninety six, ninety seven corruption or so. But he would basically he had a big weak aura that he was paying attention to about how many stacks his echoing void was at. And then once he got to like a certain amount, you know, 8, 10, 12 stacks, he'd be like, okay, it might collapse soon. But he'll just vamp blood and hope it collapses during the vamp blood. And then it would just truck, right? For yeah. the next, every pulse was he was doing 6, 7% of his HP, boom, 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 over and over again. So obviously it did get cut down. It's, it was the most nerfed corruption next to Infinite Stars. It was uh, cut down three times. It's a little, maybe too much now, but... My Twilight Devastation set sims until I got Gushing Wounds, which happened this week. Ooh, Twilight jealous. Devastation simmed higher on single target than Echoing Void, even though Echoing Void splits and Twilight Devastation does not. Now Twilight Dev has a target cap that's pretty irrelevant for raid. Yeah, uh, But Echoing Void, because it splits damage, just it doesn't scale at all. If you have a single add, Twilight Devastation is miles better. And almost every fight this tier has multiple ads not just one yeah i mean it, it's the the echoing void nerf was maybe a little bit heavy-handed i think it was a little knee-jerk um right we we had been talking in tank channels and stuff like that about like 25 to 30 percent would probably have been appropriate but you know what's done is done <laughs> so to reiterate again tuesday this patch coming up and depending on if you're listening to this right now, obviously it's Sunday. If you listen to this on YouTube, it'll be Monday, depending on the time, Tuesday. And then, of course, the audio-only stuff. It, it, right now in the game, depending on where you are, two big changes on Tuesday are, one, all gear from Horrific Visions, the actual vessel, the activity in Stormwind and Ogrimmar, always will corrupt. So the optimal, in this case, if you're a tank, I suppose... Uh, you can just spam five mask runs for the maximum amount of mementos for your sockets, but then also the way that the gear works in that regard is that you can only earn until like it bottoms out 
the eye level of each, I guess, tier of a vision, right? So five mask full, four mask full, three mask full clears once. So I know that I'll be working on doing a five mask first and then basically because it always degrades by minus five, just take off the 400% sanity damage mask or the half sanity mask and then just run fours just for time efficiency. But every single piece will corrupt now, which sure should have been at launch, whatever, you know, but so are there any corruptions that pale? You said you're looking for toy devs, but is there like a hierarchy of corruptions for tanks that you would suggest looking for maybe different situations uh, I mean, unless you want that avoidance from haste because you're a tank and you should want to take less damage, that's the best one, right? Right, so, Peo? I, so, so I think, um, in general, the hierarchy for corruptions for tanks goes something like, um, right at the top, there's Gushing Wound, mm. um, and then there's Twilight Devastation Rank 3, and then there's Twilight Devastation Rank 2, and mm. then there's Twilight Devastation Rank 1, mm. uh, and then there's Twisted Appendage, um, and then there's everything else. Echoing Void is, like, nearing where Twisted Appendage is. It's still fine. I'm actually, like, my pure single target set right now. I have five ranks of Echoing Void uh, plus Gushing Wounds. It's still fine, but as soon as you add a second target, you just want Twilight Death. Yeah. Um, what about the best corruption for tank? Oh, and don't run the Mott Staff if you're a Brewmaster. Do run it if you're a Bear. Oh, yeah, I was, I was asking you about that. So I could bring up your bear, which you're currently maining right now, and you have, what is it, An Anzigvra. <laughs> so you have the Corrupted Staff on you. And is that just because of health values? It's not that good on Brewmaster, but it is good on Chunky Bear? Uh, also two things. Auto attack speeds. Yeah, Brewmaster oh. has the actual staff auto attack speed. Bear has a two-second swing timer. Um, oh, yeah. And also, Bear has more health. So you get roughly double the procs and roughly double the effectiveness per proc. Oh. So you you can see where that gets a little bit stronger. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you pulled up my armory, I think I have a 465 Mechagon staff right now on my Brewmaster. That is correct. Uh, the proc on that is actually awful. You should ignore that green text. Uh, I'm wearing it. I have the 475 from Hivemind that has Echoing Void on it. But instead, I am wearing 430 Bracers with Twilight Devastation Rank 3. Um, just, it's kind of silly. This is actually one of my main complaints with the corruption system as well, is that because removing corruption is permanent, uh, I got the Hivemind staff and I was like, I just can't equip this. I It's sitting in my bags for most of the patch. I was using a 445 weapon instead of purifying it yeah because if they ever change echoing void again i want to have access to that but if i purify it i might never get that weapon again i might never get echoing void again yeah and this is one of those things where so like a lot of people talk about like oh tank dps doesn't matter blah blah blah, blah. corruption is one of those systems where you can get like corruption essences to an extent as right to an extent are all systems where Optimizing for damage ends up being a pretty big impactor because proportionally the amount of damage you get versus the amount of damage reduction you get from the comparable ones is just nuts. Um, so we were talking about this in the Tank Theory Crafting channels the other day about uh, 
concentrated flame and a defensive trinket, like running Crucible and a defensive trinket versus running Azeroth's Undying Gift and an offensive trinket. Mm. Uh, and the answer is Crucible is worth by itself like two or three times as much as any offensive trinket. Uh, Azeroth's Undying Gift is comparable or worse than Lingering Psychic Shell. Huh. Which is the Nizoth trinket for those that aren't familiar with the names of 10 trinkets. Sure. It's really kind of dumb. Uh, we have had a lot of discussions about how bad the tank essences are in general. None of them actually do very much against the damage profiles that exist in raids. Um, so you really, almost every tank just plays Crucible of Flame Major and has since day one of the system. Yeah. The only exceptions are sometimes you'll run Null Barrier if you don't have Lingering Psychic Shell. And I think Warriors and Demon Hunters sometimes run a different Major. Bears as well also have a couple different majors, but those are they're much more the exception. So that because they actually get damage from abilities. Oh right. So that feeds right in to the follow up to corruptions then, and shout out to Thadrian for putting this right up in Discord when I asked for questions. Is that where are you guys at on the tank damage matters subject then? And do you just like feeling like you're a DPS that has a larger health pool? The, the you're a wind walker that has more HP and stagger apparently not even that much more HP to be honest or would you rather engage with more interesting and talent and challenging tank mechanics to break up the taunted X Y and Z stacks of a B and C buff right so that so, the bosses would force you to be more defensive because they are going to blah you versus I think there's you just two doing damage there's two connected yeah. issues with this Okay. First is that we don't actually have a, a DPS rotation on the scale of an actual DPS. Like That's if true. you compare ours even to like a Demon Hunter, which is well known for not having a super complicated rotation. Hey. It's well, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. It's it never changes. There's no procs. It's the same thing over and over again. It's actually like one, two, three, one, two, four, one, two, three, one, two, four. But you know what I mean. Um yeah. it's it's very, very basic. We have no talents that change it. Uh, because they completely nuked uh, the blackout combo damage bonus on Tiger Palm, and even if you take that, it's still the same one two three one two three. Uh, so if we were to be just DPS with more health and stagger, I would really want there to be an actual DPS rotation to go with it, uh, or else it's just going to be boring. Yeah. The second thing is that the ways we can actually impact our own survivability in terms of gearing. Um, are all very minor compared to the amount of damage we can get from those same gearing choices. So Azerite traits, Azerite essences, trinkets, the damage you can get from good setups from that is so, so much better than any of the defensive options, except for, in specific cases, like Lingering Psychic Shell, we're going to keep coming back to it, is the best tank trinket they have given us in the entire expansion by, like, 10 miles. It's huge compared to anything else. Hmm. the others just kind of suck <laughs> yeah. yeah um there's a there's also the whole point that like these things are not like you're talking about this question about like would we rather be a dps or would we rather have interesting tank mechanics kind of thing and they're not mutually exclusive 
and the in the history yes. of WoW, they haven't been mutually exclusive. Um, there's plenty. There's plenty of examples going back, and some of the most interesting times to play a tank have been when the choice between doing damage and mitigating damage was a real choice, and the tank damage was relevant. So the damage incoming and the damage outgoing were both relevant, and you had to make a meaningful choice between them, moment to moment. Um, those are some of the most in, like those were some of the most meaningful and fun times to play tanks, like in MOP and in WAD, and in later Legion to an extent, where both the damage you were doing and the impact of your defensive abilities were meaningful. And that's something that, like, is just, like, what we have right now is kind of neither. Like, our damage doesn't really matter, and our damage mitigation is kind of simplistic because it's fairly low impact. I did, um, I ran the numbers, uh, sorry to interrupt, Pal, but I ran the numbers in, in EP, and if you had a 445 urchin from... Uh, not Queen Ajar, uh, Lady Ashvane. On many fights, that would do more healing than all of the purifying brews you would cast combined by itself, that one trinket slot. And you could basically stick that on, and if you stopped purifying, it would be like you didn't change anything at all. Um, which kind of like, hmm. we've run into this situation where tanks are not very powerful. The urchin is... I would say not a good trinket, but relative to most other trinkets we've gotten this expansion, it's better than most. Um, tanks just aren't very powerful in either the damage reduction perspective or in the DPS perspective. With a couple exceptions. I mean, like, Prot Warriors yeah. are the notable exception in the damage category, where, and now we see them being used a lot in the MDI for a lot of that reason. Their damage is relevant and their mitigation is relevant they end up hugely valuable in a situation where both of those are disproportionately valued. Okay. Um, yeah. But I kind of wish, I wish more tanks were like prop warrior than I wish that they would bring all tanks to the level of brewmaster. Very emphatic. Yes. On that one. Yeah. Um, I think that right now prop warrior and prop paladin are kind of, the the sh the golden children for kind of where you would want tanks to be prop paladin less so because there's a lot of randomness built in with that came with the expansion like crits and block rng and things like that that are just that muddy the waters a lot yeah but prop warrior prop paladin in terms of they have meaningful trade-offs in terms of when i can do damage versus when i'm mitigating damage when i'm like actually making a choice between revenge and ignore pain uh, making a choice between Seraphim and Righteous Protector, or whatever. I, I think it's Righteous Protector. Yeah. Um, like, those are meaningful choices, and they feel good. Um, and I wish more tanks had those, rather than more tanks being like Brewmaster, where mitigation is a given, and you just are optimizing damage because you are a cockroach just by existing there's also like if if we could gear to a point where we could just kind of have a beacon and get ignored then i think that would actually be a reasonable thing to do sometimes if i could be in a situation where one of our paladins puts a beacon on me and then nobody else ever had to heal me 
by gearing, I'd probably do that sometimes. But we can't. Uh, even if you go full turtle, you still need a lot of healing. And nothing you can do really changes that. So it really has kind of reduced all of our gearing decisions down into, well, how do we optimize damage? Because optimizing defensively is just not going to change anything. Curious. It's funny how you bring up Prot Warrior and Protodin as those golden children. They are the two oldest tank specs in the entire game. And if that's that's pretty high praise that they're at a point right now where their decision making, their A and their B, their damage versus mitigation decisions are actually fluid enough to be praised at that level. It took them 15 years or so to get there almost, it feels like. So, but I also echo the same thing. I mean, Blood Decay is a little different in this regard. Blood Decay and, and Guardian Druid are kind of similar in how they handle, but definitely Brewmaster Monk and Vengeance Demon Hunter are definitely in that all they do is they care about damage because their kit, like you hit Demon Spikes just sort of like as you do, right? Like I, I guess in the same kind of way that you purify that. But all you do on those two tanks and why they get talked about a lot and why Vengeance got talked about a lot is just damage. Because they, they can go the full turtle build like that, that infamous log we brought up on Shadhar again. But that that sacrifices all the damage to do all this crazy HPS but still needed to get healed from the outside in. So, And I think some of it is... So if you look at, I think, the best ability the most interesting ability the Paladins have, which is mm -hmm. Seraphim. It costs you mitigation, right. in a lot of cases, to use this very powerful offensive ability. And playing around that is fun and challenging and interesting. And Blizzard seems to be very scared of giving tanks that kind of stuff, and I think it connects back to that kind of hard failure mode stuff that Pal was talking about. Mm. Um, because if you give every tank a bunch of decisions like that, then tanks you're going to run into situations where your guild's tanks are trying to push for DPS and wiping the raid over and over again because of it way more, and it's going to be way more impactful than a DPS doing the same thing. Um, and they, they don't want that. So tanks have become increasingly simplified from that perspective. Well, this is a, a quick bounce back and then a segue into the next topic. This is the you dying to your grand delusions, Peo? Is that what you linked me? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is... This is... The, you timestamp this to right before. This is the last 0.5 seconds. Where did you hit your cloak in this? Your cloak so was just before this, I, I assume. I hit my cloak because the desolation was about to go off, and I already had a grand delusion. And the moment that immunity buff fell off, I spawned two. Yeah, within 0.3 seconds of each other. That was that was a real fun one. I've had I've had some fun moments with corruption, but that one was just like that took the cake of just like I am never running over 40 on Prague again. I like how you had so much healing. I mean little trickle healing, but you had five instances of heals between the two hits that amounted to, you know, almost you know, 46,000 instant healing within that short window of time, but the Grand Delusion still hits you for <laughs> that quarter million. You know, just slaps you right in the face. 
And then, of course, Desolation for almost the, uh, just shy half a million damage. Yep. All within, this is not even a second worth of time. Yeah, and I mean, there's ways I could have played that to survive that, but it was just, like, mm -hmm. that moment was just, I remember just hanging my head and just being like, what? how did I end up in this situation? Well, now, what if you were on your Brewmaster and you were using Healing Elixir? So that actually fixes that case. Yeah. But that, that case is kind of at the... Usually that won't happen, but when it does, it costs you a pull. And that's really what you want to avoid as a tank as much as possible is, like, every time you wipe the raid, that's a problem. You really don't want to wipe the raid. And really, this should go for everybody, but it's because tanks have such a... a disproportionate ability to wipe the raid uh, yeah uh, it's more more so a concern for us hi yeah. pot my name's kettle okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. but no the healing elixir talk that, that's a the actual question you guys both put in your little notes to me is what is up with this sleeper healing elixir is because of magic damage so i think in past uh, shows healing elixir has been like it's garbage yeah so it's it's not necessarily because of magic damage. Okay. It's because the damage profile has been shifting subtly over the last few tiers so that um, basically cooldowns are getting de-emphasized uh, by virtue of mitigation getting higher and higher relative to damage intake. And now we've finally reached the point where a lot of fights, you just don't have anything to push dampen harm on and damage is low enough that you don't really care about Bob and Weave, and so the relative damage mitigate, or quote-unquote damage mitigation of Healing Elixir is actually really substantial. Hmm. So, and it's not even, like, early fights. Like, it's, like, Skitra, you don't really, like, who cares if you run Healing Elixirs on Skitra? You could have zero talents so low, on it doesn't Skitra, matter. and it would be fine. Yeah, you could have zero talents, and you don't care. Um, we're talking about, like, Carapace, you might as well run healing elixirs because there's nothing really to use dampen harm on. Like, if you could maybe hold it for when you have to take a third mandible smash, but th there's not really a reason. Like, there's not really anything for it. Part of it is due to how dampen harm works, where multiple small hits means that you get less mitigation. Um, so, like, Nazoth, for example, with the Void Lash you only get about 35% mitigation instead of the full 50 because Void Lash is a lot of small hits. Um, but, like, you you end up just using Healing Elixir because... And it's not even because the talent's good. It's because the other two talents aren't. <laughs> well, just... and again, it comes down to damage profiles because the damage is very low. We don't really care about Bob and Weave because there's no big burst of damage. We don't care about Damp and Harm. So... Really, the most effective thing we can take on that row is just to take Healing Elixir and take this, like, half a percent of health per second, basically, that you get from it, from a 50%, 15% heal on a 30-second cooldown, and just kind of press it when you're not full health and go with it. Yeah. It's, it's not good. It's still not good. It's just that there's no place for the others in the damage profile we have now and the best thing we can do is take that one because the other two suck does it still do the automatic drink or no not anymore no. right no that was they all removed take... that actually and it's a really good thing they did that well, was one of the things that kept did. its value down for a long time yeah. is the 
like you, that you it would... was not proccing at a threatened health threshold for brewmaster right yeah that was a conversation we had in past expansions where healing elixir automatically drank at was like 35 percent like execute range on you mm -hmm. or something but that that's not gonna kill you as a brewmaster right so yeah. and a lot of yeah. times you wanted to hold it because like right you'd take a big burst and it would get you down that low, but you don't really care because there's no damage following it. Okay. But you just used your healing elixir charges because it auto-popped and decided you were threatened. But now you actually have like complete control over it and it feels a lot better. Yeah, so like I ran healing elixir on Ilganoth. And one of the things that can kill you on Ilganoth is going into the I-beams with low health. Uh, the I-beams are magic damage. It's actually the second I-beam is a good place to use Dampen Harm. But I had Lingering Psychic Shell, uh, and that is actually just better at that. So I used that trinket and used Healing Elixirs, and if I was going into an I-Beam and I was low health, I would pop Healing Elixir and go into it at a safe health level, and it was way better than Damon Harm would have been. So then speaking of things that have changed for the better or for the worse, let's go into this last major section of the show before we take a quick reprieve and then allow chat to sort of chime in on things let's talk about some uh some tinfoil if you have your tinfoil hats you can put them on now but shadowlands looms on the distant horizon and the great halinka the unprudinator potato is apparently aiming at bringing back a lot of the old flavor and a renewed focus on overall class kit with then you you're all you know Say you're vanilla ice cream, but then your specs are French vanilla or yada yada, sugar-free vanilla, etc. Right? You're also vanilla ice cream. Trying to bring that back together. So right now we have 36 specs in the game, but it's basically 36 classes. So what matters for the monk class that Brewmaster has lost that you'd like to see returned? And of course I have to say clash. Question mark. Um... <laughs> I think a lot of people want Clash to come back. Um, Clash is one of the best examples of monks being uh, the living embodiment of Jank. Sure. I don't think there's ever been an ability in the game that caused as many problems as Clash did. Um, Even Death Grip doesn't, doesn't beat <laughs> Clash. And there were so many problems with that, like moving immobile bosses and yep. putting them in, like... Oh, there were just, it was just a mess. And it was so, it was hilarious and great. And I miss it. But I won't be surprised if it doesn't come back. Yeah, if it doesn't come back, I will assume it is because of technical issues and not because they don't want us to have that ability. Yeah. Imagine, so like you can already, you can roll over a pebble and get disconnected. Imagine you're 10 minutes into a boss fight, you clash something. And it despawns the boss because it ran over a pebble. Yep. Yeah, it just That's, goes. It's not fun. So not not clash then. Are there any real things that you would like to see returned to Brewmaster or even yeeted out of the the spec entirely? So Emilson, do you have like a laundry list of want back and then just please remove? This isn't for Brewmaster, but I want to do. I want to get two handers, two handed stabs back for Windwalker, and uh -huh. you know by proxy also get dual wielding back for brewmaster um hmm. i like the aesthetic of the the staff polearm thing as a monk better than the dual wielding bit so would really like to see that come back um 
Chi as brewmaster would be kind of nice, but we have resource issues, some of which we've we've touched on, where like we have too many brews, we also have too much energy, we just literally can't spend them all effectively. Right. So adding Chi back doesn't actually fix any any issues we have. I would rather them focus on fixing our other resource issues before bringing Chi back. But other than that, monks haven't actually lost a whole lot. There's like guard, clash, Chi explosion. What else? Let's let's be real. We lost guard, and what we got back was some like taped together like paper mache imitation of guard <laughs> well it's all guard does now is mitigate stagger so definitely not. Uh, it's, it's also them. just way under tuned and it's competing in the most powerful talent row and it's it's a mess i really would like to see guard back i really just this is kind of like an abstract laundry list but like what I want to see for Brewmaster for next expansion, I really, really want to see them give back some kind of fine control to defensive play. Like, so right now, Brewmaster has a lot of macro level control in that I can say, I'm really good at saying, I'm not going to take a lot of damage for the next 15, 20 seconds. Um, but you have almost no fine control of I need to be taking less damage right now. Mm -hmm. What can I do about it? Um, and I would really, really like to have some of that back because that kind of macro level control is really, really abstracted away from the player. It's mostly felt by healers, not the tank. And it's it just feels bad because you don't get to see it as the player. You don't get to see that you're playing well. You just like your healers notice it because you're taking less damage, but you don't have to be, you don't get to notice it at all. You don't small, notice your health moving any differently. Small counterpoint. I, I mean, this expansion, you're definitely a hundred percent correct, but um, I think Agrimar is one of the most fun tank experiences I have ever had. And it's just because there is this high constant damage the whole time, and you also don't have enough resources to purify at every point you would want to. So learning to do that correctly and effectively um, was a really interesting experience that you didn't get on any other boss in Legion, and none of the bosses in BFA are like that. And you had access to the kind of finer control. You just had to take the action like 15, 20 seconds ahead of time so that you were in that situation. And that's a little bit of a mind-bending thing to do, but it was a lot of fun learning to do that. Okay. It's interesting that both of you are... You're not necessarily pinpointing very specific things. It's mostly like... I think even Bajira posted a tweet about this like yesterday or, or today or whatnot about decision-making moment-to-moment you know, gameplay, outplay, choices you have. And there obviously are some on certain classes or specs, but I feel like a lot of that, because of those extra, you know, one-off spells aren't there anymore, which I, it looks like Halinka wants to come back, right? Like he put back up there with different totems for shamans, like Shattering Throw came back up there for Warrior, those little extra things. You wouldn't use them very often, but it were those, those flavorful class abilities you would see in certain situations that allowed you to adapt to a you know, those momentary windows of time. So I think you both sort of echo that with, with tanking though is I, I still don't, I mean, I'm with you on the, I know we've talked about guard a bajillion times before in the past, 
We just had the Discipline and Holy Priest show last week, though, and they both sort of echoed that Absorbs are actually, from a healer standpoint, a pretty good, like, tertiary part of the kit place. They're not... 60% of their output is in absorbs. It's, you know, way lower than that, 14%, 15%, where I guess it feels like it's a utility aspect. But why doesn't guard exist in some way, shape, or form that is more akin to its older version when we have things like Soul Barrier now that Vengeance has, which is just guard and a cooldown? Or you have Ignore Pain, which is back, which is kind of a mix between old guard and your current guard though because it's not all damage that prot warriors take but it's a percentage of it that some of it based on like attack power and versatility and health pool madness look at the giant database thread for ignore pain if you don't know what i'm talking about it's just there's there's some equations it's, <laughs> it's, it's some yeah. equations in that one but so i don't know why it can't exist in that in that sense because you've got the same things on other tanks right now yeah, and some of it's a little frustrating because, like, there's relatively easy fixes for, like, guard and that kind of stuff that, like, we talked about during, like, the beta and made suggestions and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's even things just, like, making guard share charges with bruise. Sure, yeah. Like, going that far gives it a place. Like, it now has a use for, I need damage mitigation right now. It's a preempt, even if you kept it in its current form, it's a preemptive purify instead of an after the fact purify. Right. That has a place that I I just don't I think the current incarnation of it is a mess and it's a shame because I like the ability and I really want it to be a part of the kit. Um but there's not really anything else that Monk has really lost that's been like we have most of those things in some fashion. Um the the ranged keg toss slow i think it was actually called keg toss uh was fun i don't i don't necessarily think it needs to be back but i think like that's fun that's a potential contender to come back but like oh, on that note uh increase the range on keg smash please 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 oh god please. yes <laughs> that's that's a side point but oh god yes i i miss that trait from legion so much it made everything feel so much better um, it only added like what three yards or something though, didn't it? And it added ten. Oh, it, it was ten, really? Twenty-five. Oh, okay. I thought it added a little bit. That must have been a, dru a druid thing, just like the range. Yeah, yeah they okay. had the like plus three yards on all their abilities. Yeah, okay. that was balance affinity. Well, no, I thought um, they had something on their claws of Ursoc where they got a little more on like their thrash because they combined that with their bracers. I thought that was like one of the memes they always talked about. They had like twenty and, yeah, and was... Moonkin. But you had the you had the chest that amplified balance. Oh, uh, okay, okay, sure. Um, I, twenty five yards I, seems like a lot. Maybe you know a little bit more, but you run into a lot of situations now where life thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, where you want to kick smash something, and it's just like slightly out of range of your ranged ability, and you don't have any other way to establish threat on the ranged target. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's no, like, Vengeance has Throw Glaive that has a huge threat amplification on it, even though it does very little damage. We just don't have any equivalent. So it's like if Taunts on cooldown, you're, you're just... Yeah, I mean, okay. you basically save a COF charge and hope that's enough. Mm -hmm. um, but, right. like, aside from that, there's not really... I mean, it, part of it's due to Monk just being a new class, but there's not a whole lot that's, like, missing that I would like back. And, like, maybe avert harm, but there's problems with adding a raid cooldown back. So, 
if we go more in the tinfoil hat direction, this is not a brewmaster thing that I want them to add. This is for the other tanks. I want okay. them to add more soft failure modes to the other tanks. It doesn't need to be stagger. Like, I don't know. Remove the cooldown on purgatory. Give it a stacking thing where, like, every time you purg, it just, like, doubles the amount of healing you need for the next one. And it's a permanent buff until you die. Uh, some kind of increased soft failure modes. If you remove that strength, like if every tank has some kind of soft failure mode, suddenly Brewmaster has so much more space available for it because Stagger no longer becomes this dominant factor that sets it apart. Right. Stagger introducing the soft failure modes is why Brewmaster is good right now. If hmm. every tank has some form of soft failure mode, then uh, that becomes a non-issue and you can start introducing more other interesting things to brewmasters than just oh look our stagger percent is a little bit higher well then how about i don't think any, i've heard many things about anything being removed so how about like mystic touch oh yeah uh remove remove the debuffs oh my gosh <laughs> as someone that has to try and organize a roster <sighs> oh my gosh it's like so we always have to make sure we have a monk in the raid we also have to make sure we have a demon hunter in the raid. Demon mm -hmm. hunter is way more important. Not having a demon hunter is like just raiding with 19 people. Um, it almost actually, is. Almost yeah. literally. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Um, the math has been done. And it's only gotten worse as we've gotten more and more on hit effects like corruption Every, that are yeah. almost exclusively magic damage. Yep. Um, so yeah, get rid of those. I don't really care about the other like casted buffs. I know some people like them. Some people really really don't like them but the the debuffs where you hit them they're just like adding an extra person to your raid just need to get out they need or to be and never come the absolute least add alternative ways to get them right even if it's a nerf version add an alternative way to get them please or is to, they they have my suggestion i always brought is that basically monk and demon hunter are essentially all they're both all melee so then you need to pull back and give each one to a ranged. So put the physical on like hunter and put the magic on, I would say, shaman. Because shaman is predominantly arranged, both resto and elemental. And then even enhancement abilities are now like 10 plus yards, right? So put move them to ranged counterparts where you have predominantly melee counterparts with those. At least put some parity in there, right? Because at least with the raid buffs, you've got scrolls a little weaker, but you still have them even though it's just redundant gold sink, at least do something of that nature where it isn't just punishing you for... Because you always notice it when you don't have it. You never notice it when you do. And that should not be how a buff feels. You should notice it when you have something. Like when you know you have lust, you're like, we have got lust, even though you always have it now because hunters, mages, shaman. But yeah. it's those moments where you, you need to feel like you know it's there. But when you pull Mythic Rod in and your demon hunter didn't immediately chaos brand the anima and it gets to the boss with two percent hp you know it's because they got there late because the first couple of pyroblasts and chaos bolts didn't get five percent more damage it's stupid crap like that it's just <laughs> it's stupid but yeah. the the last point i had in here too you touched on it a little bit the emelson and i want to make sure we move on to the other part of the show but you was talking about dual resources because you have energy now. I mean, you've got brews, 
And then do you need Chi back? Do you not want energy? Like, does energy do anything to Brewmaster? Shouldn't you just have like brews and then like cooldowns, kind of like what prop paladins have? I actually hate that about prop paladins, not gonna lie. So that you, they all they have is Shield of the Righteous Charges, and that's their resource. It, sure. So it's yeah. just like the rest of your your the rest of your kit is in the paladin case is just completely cooldown driven. So you end up with just this whack-a-mole gameplay of like press whatever's off cooldown according to your priority list, and you just go judgment, 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 because it's a three second. Um for Brewmaster, the situation right now is that we have s the cooldowns on brews are at the right point where you have decisions to make when you are leveling or under geared and you don't have a whole lot of, of uh, haste or traits that give you extra brews. That's good. Okay. But now with things, what with the 15% haste you get from high tolerance, with the all the added haste from other kinds of procs, with the dramatically increased availability of brews for straight no chaser which is one of our azurite traits brews uh we, we have way more brews than we can reasonably spend you end up having to waste some uh and you just have to figure out the best way to make that waste useful in some small way and energy uh comes back to we have two abilities to spend energy keg smash tiger palm you can drop tiger palm from your rotation and like lose five percent damage it's it almost doesn't matter. Like I, you, I have told people that while they're learning to just turn off the energy bar and just focus on pressing their non-Tiger Palm buttons. And then mm -hmm. once they're at the point where they're pressing those, then they turn it back on and they, they press their Tiger Palm and they do a little bit more damage. It's just so inconsequential to uh, actually actively play around your energy levels that it's a complete waste of, of energy to do so. No pun it's intended. It's also like we are so flooded with brews and we are so flooded with resources that yeah. we make decisions that are like specifically not optimal for managing brews and that kind of stuff. Like dropping Tiger Palm, um, pushing Keg Smash lower in the priority compared to Blackout Strike. Like all these decisions are things that like are reducing our brew generation and we still have way more than we need and it's there's just this perpetual like we, we don't we like we we don't have we don't need more brews we don't need these things um yeah. there, there's all kinds of like we have all these options to get more but we were flooded with them already and the decisions with them don't really matter so why do we want more yeah it's the same kind of thing we were talking about with defensive power like mm -hmm. we have so much defensive power the things we could do to improve them are fairly minimal so we just focus on other things and that's really where our resource situation is as well yeah. and that's something that is something they can tune they can you know increase the kick smash energy cost or uh, do something more extreme like give us back chi and make bruce cost chi instead of having charges and then so your rotation becomes kind of like Windwalkers where you're trying to generate chi so you have it at the right times to spend on your brews. Right. Yep. Uh, there, there are some teeter-totter points there that I really wonder what Halinka's going to do, which this is why I've, I've even ebbed more closer to the camp that, that, uh, that Preach has brought up a couple of times before. It's probably not going to happen, but the Shadowlands after BlizzCon is looking like more and more of a thing. But then, like, the extreme, which what Mike said, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not do it? Let's do the Shadowlands spring next year. 
like after the turn of the year, like get all holidays all out of the way. And then like a February, it'd be weird because it'd be off the two year cadence. But I think a lot of players echo the sentiment of they'd rather go back to old Blizzard right now, <laughs> specifically right now. The uh, Blizzard that delays things instead yeah, of releasing them before they're done. Until yeah. it's ready. But I don't think Blizzard can do that anymore now because the of how the market works and shareholders and executives and blah, blah, blah. So we're probably going to see, I hope not. We saw five-ish months of beta into BFA, and here we are. We saw seven months of beta going into Legion, and outside of Legendary Acquisition, the rest of the expansion is high praise compared to BFA. I mean, so, part of the issue with BFA is that we didn't get one of the core gearing systems until like the week before pre-patch. Like, Azerite just wasn't on the PTR for most of beta. As opposed to legendaries and artifacts being on Legion PTR since day zero? Or yeah. Oh, Azerite gear... very incomplete, but yeah. Azerite gear went on the BFA beta testing like the weekend before the game came out. <laughs> so, I remember I uh, I was working on the Azerite trait uh, guide at the time, and between it first coming out and us getting the list, and them actually like the raid coming out after launch, things changed multiple times. There's still a pin about it in the the moderator chat in oh, really? uh, Pika Serenity. <laughs> it's just me throwing a, a monitor out the window because. It got changed over and over again. And I had to completely redo all of my work multiple times. And it was really, really obnoxious. But it happened in like the span of three weeks. All of the development on Azerite before Uldir released. It was insane. Right. Well, alrighty then. That wraps up that section. I'm going to forcibly move us along here because we got some more stuff to get through. And I want chat to, to chime in. So if you two need to go take a quick reprieve, you may do so while I jibber dab for about three minutes here in the uh, halfway, I would say halfway mark of the show, but it's we're 90 minutes or so in. But I want to thank everyone for first tuning in today, episode number 213. If you haven't heard yet and you've been living under a rock or not been keeping up with all the shows, of course, everything gets archived still on YouTube. That is where I will be putting up all of the Shadowlands testing. If you go all the way down here, I got to clean up the actual front page here. But this was the battle for Azeroth testing, for example, and every single class, in this case, I may even do a class overview video and then spec overviews, we'll see. Depends on how they change. Everyone gets one to two videos. Uh, usually I'm, I'm known for the two passes, basically, where there's like an initial early test. This goes way back. There's over 100 videos in this playlist, I'm pretty sure, or close to it, is that you get your first initial pass video, those are a little short and sweet, like what's changed, even though it might not be short and sweet depending on what gets changed in Shadowlands. And then there is a second pass deeper, closer to launch on what has been more refined and what has been fixed and what has been updated from the first to the second pass to keep you guys up to date. And of course, all those get streamed. So I'll do four to five hours per spec, just comparing database entries, looking at what is on BFA, looking at what's in Shadowlands, the amplification I'm going to do to the testing that I want to do this time is if you have access or if I have friends that have access that I can get groups together. After all, the jibber jab is then to do, if there's dungeon testing available, is to run dungeons on these specs as well. A, to get B-roll for the video and to actually see things 
ground floor level to tank stuff as the changes come out to do DPS as ranged or healers or you know as melee or whatever to heal as healing what has changed so that's the extra update because everyone's really 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 focused on classes and specs this time around because of the tumultuous last two years then of course going back four years to Liju we got new things and added new stuff to our class that was all ripped away from us when legendaries and artifacts went away so that's why Shadowlands is a pretty interesting tipping point for classes so I'm going to amplify how I'm testing and of course your feedback when it's live helps me give feedback directly to the dev team internally and we can pick up what's good what's bad what's ugly what's not working and give suggestions to their their paths therein so that's all going to go up on YouTube so if you don't have my YouTube channel subscribed to then check that out and all of the shows of course are audio only as well if you want to listen to them on a commute somewhere you can go to the website at finalboss.tv you can look up final boss tv all one word capital f capital b capital tv on google play music itunes stitcher radio and more recently spotify now and you can just hit follow or like or whatever the to like make sure you always see when new uploads go up they all only have like a certain backlog. They only go so many episodes deep, I think, before they fall off the very end. I think it's like a hundred-ish or so episodes, but that's a while, right? It's like two plus years or more uh, easily, and that's a way you can keep up to date with the show as well. And of course, the extra special shout out to the nerds and ladies that are supporting the show, the stream, and everyone in between is that there's extra podcasts, a little bit extra sort of off-scripted, behind-the-scenes little jargon that goes up on the show's Patreon page, where some extra nuggets do come up here and there. And just an extra shout-out to those that are supporting what I do here directly. So these are the March patrons at the credits tier and higher, so thank you very much for that. And then, huge, big old shout-out, internet high-five to the my partner and sponsors of the show now, what I do here both Corsair and Elgato. So if you're looking for any bits and bobs and pieces and parts for an upcoming build, you can support the show by purchasing these physical goodies for yourself. And I can get you free standard shipping and 10% off your entire order for your Corsair uh, peripherals, as well as your Elgato gear. So you can go check out the links, of course, on YouTube in the description box or in chat here if you hit exclamation point Corsair or Elgato or down below the stream on Twitch here. You can go check all that out and that'll support what I do here directly as well. But I've been a huge fan of what Corsair was doing even before I was signed with them. My previous build that I had was a whole bunch of Corsair bits and bobs. So, but now I'm sitting behind all my Elgato key lights and my camera link is all hooked up with, uh, with the Elgato stuff. I'm still working on my stream deck actually. That'll come into play here soon enough, getting that soundboard ready to go. But that is all what I'm incredibly thankful for. And that's, of course, through your support as well that I was able to actually approach Corsair and Elgato about a year ago, re-sign with them earlier this year for another year. I was actually promoted alongside of them. My relationship with them is strengthened. Reputation rank up. So thank you for that. And, of course, all the relevant links for where the show is, social medias, Facebook, Twitter, all down below both here on YouTube if you're watching the archive or if you're watching live right now on Twitch. It's all down down below there. However, now we come to it. 
So if you have any questions for the show, we can intermittently add those in here. But Emelson, you back? You all set? Good to go? All right. Yep. How about the first question? I moved this right over here to the the second chunk of the show is what is the most degenerate, but in parentheses, but fun thing you can do while tanking as a brewmaster? And if you want to add in, because you're mostly playing bear right now, Peo, what you do, what is what, what could be considered degenerate, but fun that you can do while tanking? Uh, so the really dumb one is bear. That's um, really, really funny when you can successfully pull it off is a, uh, if people are familiar with the Mythic Raden Phase 2 tank mechanic, he does damage based on... It puts a dot on you for your current health. Right. Um, you can just leave bear form, and you take 45% less damage. Like, you just leave bear form, get hit, and then shift back into bear form. It snapshots your, your, your HP at the time. So when you leave right. bear form, it cuts your HP by 45%, and you just... It's like hitting Dampen Harm. Except better. That's pretty just, good. It's it's it just feels really dumb. <laughs> it's really funny when you can pull it off. Uh the danger is of course that he can still melee during the cast. Yeah, which is just that's is that like a Legion or a BFA thing? That's a Legion thing. Okay. Uh, uh, we've had a bunch of bosses this, this expansion that can do it as well, and because yeah. melees are so much more threatening, it's been more noticeable. Yep. But it's definitely yeah. a legion. Yeah, it's... You, you, can, you can pop a survival instincts or something like that, and you can just go into caster form and uh, get punched in the face and take less damage because you are in caster form. Yeah, that does that does bring up that weird situation that because animations in this game are a funny one, and once you know how that all works, is that even like say for a melee, for example, all of all the special animations you do override auto attacks, but auto attacks keep happening in the background, right? Obviously, so that's the same thing they did to bosses now, where they might cast a spell and their animation is like, but they still like white swing you with nothing, right? But that doesn't make any sense, so they have the same effect that players do but as a tank in that regard that's why you see those chunks of combat log sometimes where you get like a residual a dot an effect a white attack and then like the cast all instead of having like a pause there while they're casting a spell they can't melee whatever that's a huge change that it did make something like that in you know an expansion wide uh, adjustment to encounters but oh you're yeah, gonna I see i see yeah. jackson in chat but um it makes Zen Met a really fun gamble. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you take 60% less damage. Sometimes you take 0% less damage. Yep. Let's play Russian rule. Yep. Or it's just getting casually getting slashed by the boss's D. Yep, yep. They have invisible ones, apparently. So, that's Peos. Do you have something, Emelson? A degenerate but fun? Um... I mean, for Brewmaster, it mostly revolves around just kind of laughing at the kind of damage that other tanks are, like, scared of. So stuff like um, in Mythic Plus, if you do the Tank Buster uh, Awaken mob, yeah, 
it's just kind of whatever. I'll sit there and face tank it and just like dodge three quarters of the melees and it's fine. I had uh, I had a healer ask me how I bugged out the ad so it didn't cast it once. <laughs> and it definitely cast it. It just was I got a little bit luckier than usual with dodge and it just didn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's really dumb, uh, but it's a little bit fun at the same time. <sighs> yep. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I mean, most, most of the degeneracy with Brewmaster is just sitting there like, oh, oh, look at the look at these filthy plebeians having to use cooldowns. <laughs> and like, I, I tank some on my paladin as well, still, even though I don't raid on it a whole lot. And uh, the first time I, I play my Brewmaster first, of course, got my keys done on that, and I hopped on my paladin and I was like, okay, this this spirit breaker is not all that scary. I don't need to be too concerned. I put Shield of the Righteous up and got flattened. Mm hmm. And it was like, oh, okay. I guess that hurts a lot more than I thought. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Yeah. Other tanks use cooldowns. Brewmasters don't have any cooldowns to use. Yeah, that is true. Um, which matters. Stuff like um, Ilganoth, where you really want a cooldown that you can have up like twice a minute, or not twice a minute, uh, once yeah. every other minute. But we have a talent that can cover that, and we haven't had any fights that really demand heavy cooldown usage. So really, other tanks right now use their cooldowns to cover auto attacks, whereas we just stagger it. Right, yeah. How about just which... Forehead. Just staggered forehead. Which artifact appearance from Legion on Fuzan, the Wanderer's Companion, and we'll say, which one's your favorite? The cyan challenge skin. Um, Absolutely, it's the bug zapper. <laughs> the bearer of the mists. Yeah, yeah, the bug zapper. So at the time I got this, I, this has a special place in my heart, not just because it looks cool, but also because uh, I wasn't mythic rating at the time. I only had heroic gear and I was new to Brewmaster at the time. And it was so much. I went and did the challenge mode on my hunter and killed it in like five pulls. And so I'm like, okay, I'll put, I'll do it on my monk then. And it took me like 280 pulls to kill this thing in heroic gear before oh, the next gosh. patch. I had some chops in the mage tower. I did uh, prop warrior and vengeance demon hunter, I believe, and prop paladin. I did a couple of these. So I have all the tank ones and most of the other ones, but all the tank ones I got. So do you, are you on the same page then, Peo? It's the bug zapper, I guess. None of the other ones. It's zapper but the freaking you can have a damn dragon stick so yeah, but it's not a bug zapper it, the real issue is that all these other ones don't go with any transmog uh mm, well okay monk gear has balls not horns sure <laughs> okay uh yeah all of this stuff clashes like this one goes with it this one's fine the default one fine yeah. Bug Zapper, fine. Everything else clashes with Monk Transport. Well, until we get some new stuff in the future here. But we'll have to... You you, ha you still have to transmog to Fuzan to get the new animations, right? Yes. Yeah. It's still a thing. Yeah. And that's honestly the majority of the reason that I use it over some other transmogs that I also like. Is uh, it the over-the-shoulder animation is just really cool. Oh, it's so good. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's huge. 
it makes so much more sense. Like Blackout Strike and that animation in the stance with the staff of your shoulder makes so much more brewmaster sense than just standing like this. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the reason I also want two handers on Windwalker is I want to use my Fuzan skin in Windwalker. Oh, I see where you're going with that one. Okay. Well, until they allow casters to transmog real weapons over wands, we'll wait. That one, see. Is, that one is a hilarious, janky issue, and it's because other non-wand weapons don't have a shoot animation. Yep. It Sure. They should just give a warning to it that says, if you do this, you will disable shoot. That's it. Nobody uses it anymore. This isn't vanilla. You're not leveling by wanding things. It's fine. Yeah, I don't... I don't know, man. I think the only reason why wand exists, A, to bring back an old weapon type, and B, it's maximum disrespect when you wand people in PvP to kill them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I see a question from Northern Man in chat. Yeah, 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 of course. How we feel about the weapons basically just being a decoration on our back a lot of the time. I think Blackout Strike is our only button that actually uses the weapon. Right. It well, is. you bring that up and, and Castrols will get a little ornery too, yeah, because... Even though they did make some weapon animations integrate with our artifacts back in Legion, it was like... And that was it, right? You just sit and hold it. Yeah. Or as you could I, be like, you know, Dragon Age and your your caster with your staff and moving around and shooting things out of it and whatever. And wow, it's just like it's on your back. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the downsides at some point of just having each spec able to use five, six different classes of weapons that have different animation sets. Like a staff won't look like a wand, and it does take more art time to make that many different animations for that many different specs. So sure. I kind of understand that one. I want jab back. Jab actually used your weapon when you used it instead of just always like doing the tiger palm thing where you just hit it with your hand. Uh, so we already had it at one point in mists, and they took it away. I don't like that. I would like jab jab back. So. I I just even if they just attached that animation to Tiger Palm, it would feel good. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, but that, that seems like a glippable thing. Or I don't know, all three monks might just get jabbed back in Shadowlands, right? That could just happen. Yeah, Tiger Palm could be like a Windwalker like upgraded version of Jab, right, or something along those lines, and then you'd have Jab back as a as a default baseline. Yeah. So no. Oh. Uh, Black Waltz wants to guys know what do you think about uh, Diapa? I mean, Mecha no monks. What are your What are your thoughts? Um, hang on, I have one. I have a relevant image for this one that I need to dig up from the uh, the commands and peek. Oh God, crap! What if I? I mean, hey, part of my notes uh, said what, what memes do you want to bring up on the show? <laughs> uh, definitely the meteor meme. Uh, just just stagger it. Uh, while you're looking, pal, find that one too. I know it's in the same chain. Um, I'm okay. Tangentially related, I wish they would just remove factions already. Like I, I'm I play horde, so I can't make a mecha gnome. I don't have the rep. Actually, I guess I could because it's just the mecha gone rep. But I don't have a. I can't make a mecha gnome, so no real opinion. Never actually seen one of any class. 
Um, but I would like to make like Draenei and uh, maybe once Worgen get actually good models, make some Worgen. You know, that kind of thing. It would be nice to have that option, but I just can't because I play Horde and do not have the time to invest in playing on two factions. I like this meme payout. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, it's it's one of my favorites. I'm with you on the faction dissolving thing. It doesn't make any sense narratively anymore for us to keep being at odds. It's so annoying because it'll be some other thing right now. We have an armstice, but then at the end of Shadowlands, it'll be like, oh, but Bane fell to the void and now he's all up against arms against the Alliance. So now we're, we're back at war again Rah! until the next expansion where it's like we cleansed Bane and now... The Void Lords are here. We have to work together again to defeat them, but we still can't talk to each other or do any dungeons or any group-based stuff because they're still greenskins and we're humans. No, but we could... Yeah, it's it's just... It's so tired. It's so tired. It's so boring. I want to play with my damn friends that play other faction. I'm not going to give you $25 to switch factions. It's stupid. Just I have a bunch of friends that some of them don't play anymore. Most of them now play Horde. Um, sure. But they were Alliance, and it was just like, well, we have five people, two on Alliance and three on Horde, and we just can't do a key. You know, any yeah. of this content that doesn't have that kind of lockout. We can't do a key. We can't pug a heroic. Nothing. Um, and, like, people don't... The way that people make friends in WoW these days doesn't happen as much organically in-game as it does kind of outside the game in sure. discords and other communities like that so the faction barriers really feel more and more out of place i agree totally on the narrative point as well yeah and uh i, I sent you bay the uh oh i yeah, see this, this is this is my opinion on the diaper gnomes <laughs> Terran Zoo this looks man, very upset this man Links you this, but plays a Blood Elf uh, monk. I know, I play a Maghar. All right, sorry, Maghar monk. Oh, you're a Maghar monk. Mm. Uh, the only true monks are Pandaren. Uh, just throwing that out there. If you're not Pandaren, you're not a true monk. Uh, it's, I mean, sure. How about, well, here, I mean, it's like a follow-up question to all this, like, cosmetical stuff, is when you play the transmog game, do you stick with a style of your chosen overall class, or do you attempt to look like, uh, I think both of you have answered this question for me automatically here, like, this is, this is Peo's druid, wearing bones, so it's kind of like a death knight. <laughs> it's a rogue transmog, though, right? That's, That's the, the BOD. Oh, yeah, I guess it's just it. the leather, yeah, the leather bones, the Rastakhani stuff. And then, I wore that on my druid, uh, but my druid is Zandalari, so it looks fantastic. Oh. But then there's Emelson, who's wearing pajamas. You're out late at night with your bug zapper wearing your pajamas? Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, if you look at monks in most media, the kinds of things they wear are very basic and that's just kind of part of the aesthetic sure uh you have this kind of asceticism with them they're wearing very basic clothing and that's the kind of thing i kind of uh that's usually the kind of thing i wear but 
all of that kind of thing in WoW is like 20 years old uh, as far as textures go. So it's super low poly, super low res, and it looks kind of like crap. So sometimes I wear other things instead. Hold on, I was told. I mean, that's that's fine. Is this actually you, Waltz? Is this your monk wife brew or wife brew, like waifu? But it's, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that, that's him. I mean, that's, yeah. That You look like, you literally look like the character from Hearthstone. I like the yep. stick, the simple stick, the bow staff, want, if you would. Feature request. I want a staff that doesn't have that, like, bright green or bright red or bright orange handle grip on it. Just, like, a stick with just some... Just a clean got, bow staff? I've got yeah. some athletic tape here that's just, it's white athletic tape and just, like, white athletic tape in the middle, and that's that's your weapon. That's the, that's the de facto brewmaster weapon. Yeah, it's see you're also getting you're getting slammed in chat a little bit, Emilson. How can you say the bug zapper is the only appearance that works with monk transmogator when you have on is PJs? Any appearance would go with PJs. None of the other appearances go with PJs. Even the bug zapper doesn't really go with PJs. Sure. <laughs> okay. The bug zapper is also a bug zapper. Right. So how could you say it's not the best appearance? All of the other ones are just stabs. The bug zapper is a bug zapper. Like I, I'm wearing it, it because I want to use Fuzan for the animation. And right. it's like either the default one or the one I spent literally days of my life trying to get. So yeah, I'm going to go with the second. How about, uh, I mean, Pea, you've already sort of answered this already. Is that what would you, what tank would you play if you didn't play a brewmaster? And in this case, I suppose... Why did you choose to play Bear Druid this tier over Brewmaster? And how often do you even swap tanks? Can I answer that for uh, him? The reason he's playing Bear is because he was a Boomkin for the first eight bosses. Yeah. I mean, that's literally the reason why. I was playing a chicken for eight bosses and then I went back Bear, or and then I went back tank. Oh. So, hmm. uh,. That's the reason I'm playing a bear. If I had my first choice, I would probably be playing Prot Warrior or maybe Vengeance Demon Hunter, just because both of those are really fun. Those are probably my two like first choice tanks right now in the current environment. Uh, Blood DK is also good. Brewmaster, I would play a lot more if I prop if I hadn't been playing it for years and years and it hasn't really changed. So it's just kind of. Uh, Brewmaster is always my fallback because I know it's exactly the same as when I when I stopped playing it. <laughs> I confirmed that when I played it on Unat, and it was exactly the same as when I played it in Antorus. I've been playing it continuously since Nighthold. The most substantive change is that now we use black uh, high tolerance instead of blackout combo. Even though blackout combo should be baseline because it gives you really something to play. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lerald, though. I think, actually, he was talking to Hina. I think he said almost the exact same thing Peo just said, is that it's, despite, you know, all the banter we've had in the, the, the show up to this point, Brewmaster is kind of, like, the same it's been since the beginning of the expansion. You just, because of stagger, you just gear damage. Yep. Outside of maybe, like, one good trinket or whatever, but yeah. Yep. That is is the case, though. But, Emerson, what would you, did you answer? What would you, what would you play if you were playing... The pajama panda. 
if uh if paladin weren't so high variance i would play paladin um i really like the aesthetic i like seraphim i like wings uh i like being able to spec into hand of the protector and throw out some heals uh, but the gcd changes uh in particular made it kind of feel bad to play and then also making you so reliant on crits on judgments for your seal of the righteous uptime and then block rng um yeah. It just makes it feel really bad to play. Uh, so if I were to pick a class right now to re-roll over to, I would probably play... I don't want to say bear, because you can't kitty weave anymore either because of corruption scaling with max HP. So I guess demon hunter? I don't... Yeah, seriously, well, that's, I, that's the I, real I tragedy with corruption here. I would actually just play hunter, not actually tank, if I could, if I could swap. Hmm. Well, you, you said you can't kitty weave as a bear, but you don't have to run Twilight Dev or Echoing Void, right? Or this or the stick, because once you get enough gushing wounds, then it doesn't matter what your HP is. If I could guarantee that I would get, you know, six or seven ranks of gushing wounds, then I would absolutely play bear. Well, get in there on Tuesday. <laughs> we are going oh, from two just... guaranteed, corrupt guaranteed corruptions a week to like seven on Tuesday. It's going up by a, a factor of three. It's a pretty ridiculous amount of additional corruptions on Tuesday from this point forward. So, it is. But yeah. also, just get the corruption forehead. Um, I got a five head right there. <laughs> look, look at this. I only have two racing. Well, I guess I only have two usable racing pulses. And I shout out to Senpai Word Up. That man has such a beautiful enhancement setup right now. He has one like tier two racing pulse, and then he has four ranks of expedient: one, three, one, two, and two ones. That boy is sitting in like perma lust. It's so good. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, all of his logs and his parses are really good. Oh. He has permanent heroism. Oh. That's why. Yeah, I don't want to start <laughs> us on yet another tangent, but I wish we had I wish they hadn't changed how secondary stats stats scale. Because hmm. I understand that like they got way more powerful than primary stat in Legion. They also got way more powerful than primary stat in BFA. Of course. Uh, I would rather just have higher stat values because playing with more haste and more crit is fun. Uh, yeah, to, they, yeah. the stat change, this is kind of kind of getting off in the weeds, but the stat change had the funny effect of, uh, yes, it meant that there's less change in like the amount of primary, or in the amount of secondary stat you have. Like rather than going from like, five percent to like 55 percent haste over an expansion you go from like 15 percent to 25 percent that change it was successful the problem is with that change it also meant the primary stat is now terrible because you're swimming in primary stat relative to secondary stats and secondary stats are multipliers right yeah i'll suggest it is way more fun to play at 45 percent haste at 15 percent and we spent the entire expansion at around 15 to 20 percent um it's just not as just not as much fun when everything's that much slower yeah also what hina mentioned is a really big point that the less your abilities contribute to your damage the less valuable primary stat is also true i mean right now you look at the most damage breakdowns and you've got essences you've got potential azurite and now you've got corruptions that might be 40 percent of your overall damage output if not 60 percent i was at 60 percent from passive damage sources including auto attacks granted uh 
in Eternal Palace as a tank. I mean, auto attack just exists by right clicking. So, I mean, that's right. not even. I don't even but know it was I like can... the Savaro weapon, the proc from that is very strong. Uh, Null Barrier, the passive dot from Crucible to Flame, and Azerite traits, and passive trinkets. And you could legitimately have 60% of your damage being from just passive sources. It's really. I'm trying to quickly go to Dark Legacy because where is the Dark yeah. Legacy comic? Puts it in perspective oh. real, real good here. It was a couple of uh, episodes back, though, trying to find it. If anyone gets the link, though, definitely toss it. Because I'm at like 709. It's still not here yet. Where is it? Where is that corruption graph? Was it only a tweet or was it actually in... It was in a strip, I thought. It right? was. It was a comic. It was three or four weeks ago. I want to say. Yeah, let me see. Three or four weeks ago. Oh gosh. I wonder what. Because it was so. Uh oh. Is it seven sixteen? Oh, I went too far. Yep, there it is. Oh, seven sixteen. Oh, Trog, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, you guys can't post. <laughs> <laughs> Links are off unless you're a sub in chat, but there you go. Uh, it's this one. It's that. This is the world we live in right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that looks about right. If we want to like wrap things up, the number one thing that I want to see in Shadowlands is none of these kind of damage progs. I if they, I want. I would actually be really happy to see exactly zero. Just. Your abilities have a chance to deal X damage. Just, they're boring. They don't contribute anything to how much fun it is to actually play your class and push your buttons. It's just a passive damage increase that doesn't change the way the game plays. I don't, I don't want them. Yes. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the, because all we have to begin with is the covenant system, the soul bind, which is basically a talent tree. And then we're going to have our build, build a bear legendaries which are going to be just basically affixes from Torghast that we just put on a piece and take with us forever so i wonder there'll be some obviously rng proc based stuff but i really hope they yank a lot of that back to the character because some extra spicy stuff like 10 15 maybe even 20 percent procy stuff but the larger majority needs to be you interacting with the video game because right now, some classes could literally right-click a boss as a melee, and you'll still do pretty good damage just by auto-attacking. Because all the stuff will still fly off. <laughs> I actually did Sims on my monk. Um, if I only press Tiger Palm, nothing else. Which, as we established earlier, Tiger Palm does absolute garbage damage. Uh, but if I only press that, I can do about 40k DPS in the Sim. My actual Sim is... Uh, sorry, I can do 36k. Just by pressing Tiger Palm with all the procs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I do 50-ish K in the sim with actually doing my rotation. Yeah, it's it's too much. But that leads me to the last little question I have here then. And this might extend beyond tank and tanking mechanics, but are there any tank or tanking mechanics or others that you've seen in other MMOs or games that you've played recently that made you go, hmm... That'd be pretty fun in World of Warcraft. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the f bomb. Um, in Final Fantasy, if you've done the Susano fight, that fight is so cool. 
holy crap. And I know it's just like this QTE where you go there and you press the same button over and over again and it doesn't, it's not complicated, but it's so, so cool. It feels good to do, even though it really is just pushing spacebar over and over again. And I would kind of like some of that just kind of dumb fun in, in some of these WoW fights. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of <laughs> if if I want to go back to things from other MMOs and other games that that uh, I want in World of Warcraft, I'm gonna be that guy. The thing I want from another game is give me back mop tanking. Hmm. Okay. I know people whined because tanks were top DPS, but my God, was it fun! It was so much fun. Now, are you actually advocating to bring back Vengeance specifically, or just the... No, just, like, that that era of tank design felt really good. You were, okay. yes, you probably had too much agency. Like, you were, a good tank could almost solo a fight, if not for Enrages. But it just felt really good to actually be in control of what your character is doing, and how you survive, and how much damage you're doing. And yeah. adding on that little bit of degeneracy to get maximum damage just was the icing on the cake and also felt really good. Hey, you linked this to me after we had moved on a little bit, but this is the the log, LOL. Oh, yes. Corruption forehead. Passive damage sources are fun. It doesn't go down any farther, but you get the idea, chat. This is Twilight Dev and then everything else that the Druid does. <laughs> Goes on and on and on. But yeah, that's yep. So less less of this, more of what Peo was saying. What Emerson? What? I was gonna say that's that was on Raw Den. It's not like it's on Vexiona, and he just got lucky and they cleaved the ads. Uh, there's not really like there's the little ads on the on the boss sure. in that fight, but it's not an ad damage fight really. It, it's not something where I've had. A single Twilight Death proc be like more than most of the rest of my damage on a heroic carapace because mm -hmm. it spawns when all the the psychophage dudes are out. Right. Well, that is that, gentlemen. I think we have a little bit of time left at the end of the show here. If you have any closing shoutouts, remarks, any soapbox, any wondrous bits of wisdom, or anything you'd like to rant about, put moratoriums on. Do you have anything you want to close down with? Pale, you got anything? Um. If you're looking for a guild, apply to Occasional Excellence. It's basically the Monk Retirement Home. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please. You can come join me and Babs and Emelson and other not no longer playing Monk theory crafters. I still play Monk, technically. You do, but you might be the, only, the only one left. Yeah. Do you have anything, Emelson, you want to add? Buff tanks. Oh, like their damage? Everything. <laughs> Actually, damage is fine. Just like buff the rest of it. Buff the rest of it. Okay. No, no moratoriums that you get asked a lot of questions. What's a question you get asked about tanking or brewmasters we specifically? We still get people coming into brew questions, running uh, conflict and strife major in like plus seven keys please stop doing that run crucible of flame for literally everything until you're in like 20s 
you should just be running Crucible of Flame. What do they use as their PvP talent with Conflict? Hot Trouble. Uh, yeah. Which is which had the potential to be the most fun piece of degeneracy for... they've ever added. And it got, it got nerfed on PTR um, before 8.2, but basically when you purify, it does part of that damage, part of the, the amount that you purified as fire damage in AoE. Yeah. And uh, it originally was designed for PvP, so it didn't split damage. It was huge. It was disgusting. It got nerfed twice on PTR before it even went live. And now and unless it got you're doing like, uh, Yeah, unless you're doing the absolute highest keys, it's just not worth using. Please stop doing it. What was that called again? Uh, Conflict and Strife. Oh, the effect is Hot Trub, not oh, Tub. Hot Trub. T-R-U-B. Yeah, what... what for, oh, there it is. Yeah, Purifying Brew deals 20% of your Purified Stagger as fire damage that meteors yeah. within 10 so, minutes. So originally when they revealed that Hot Trub was going to be the PvP talent, um, it was 50%, not 20%, and it oh, didn't my. meteor. Oh my. <laughs> it was disgusting. When that went live on PTR, Brewmasters were like number one damage by a mile. Oh my. We, were, we were looking at that and we were like, oh. Speak. I remember looking at that and we were like, oh, please don't touch this. Please don't touch this. Well, please. It got, it's so it fun. Got, please don't touch it. They made it split damage pretty quickly. Then they nerfed the amount a little bit. And then they nerfed the amount again after it went live. And that's what really sunk the ship. Yeah. Uh, it kind of got the echoing void treatment where it is literally less than. Right now, I think the amount of damage you get from it is like 25% of what the original amount was. Oh, wow. It's funny how it actually happens that way. It does seem like there's. That's having infinite stars in a way. Infinite stars now actually is fine on pure patchworky stuff, unless you're doing the, you know, PvP degeneracy with infinite stars. Uh, which that, that. The tournament realm. Well, de definitely had it, but when we get to farm a lot more corruption, we're going to see some some silly things starting happening after this Tuesday now. Silly and fun. I mean, that's not part of me is also with with preach on this one. He came out very openly and said that corruption is stupid, but at least it goes away and it's just for right now. And just just be stupid with it. Just just have fun, I guess. Right. Just have fun with it, I suppose, because it's just. But. Don't use the weird reverse psychology that people keep talking about on like Reddit or forums that they did this on purpose to want us to have Titan forging and war forging back. No, that's also bad. <laughs> don't shh, don't do that. But all right, gentlemen, I think it's time to hit this button because we got Emerson's got a raid to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty minutes, but yeah. Yeah, that's totally fine. We hit this button right here, ammo. But that's gonna do it. Friends, thank you very much for tuning into episode number 213 of Final Boss TV, of course. Back around the table, Amelson, there he is. He's over on Twitter at the same name. And you had an emote in chat, but you don't... Was that your emote that you spammed earlier? Is that you have like one from your channel? Is that it? I have. Uh, yeah, everyone wish well, Amelson happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, oh, exactly. Also. Yeah, chat, get him in there. Happy birthday. Wow, Harry. Yeah, get out of here, Sarafang. But there it is. Why is it like a grumpy smiley face with the it's little a Brew Lounge meme? People at me in Brew Lounge to tell me happy birthday every oh, day. Oh, multiple oh. times a day. So I get pinged a lot to say happy birthday. I do oh. not have 365 birthdays. Why not? 
not how that works, Bay. Huh. I don't know. Payo, it sounds like I thought it works. Do you, do you that's how it works? Huh. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Okay, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it sounds right. Yeah, it feels birthday, man. It's for seriously. Payo, thank you very much for your time as well today, too. At twitch.tv forward slash the name that is actually isn't pronounced that way that he made randomly back in the day. Everyone just calls you Payo now. Or Panini, I suppose. That caught on. Yep. Panini is the correct name. Panini is the correct name. the sandwich man. Wait, what? The sandwich man? Because he's a panini. Um. <clears throat> There's a couple steps here. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. But that's that. Uh, a last little closing note, of course. There is no show next Sunday. Because next Sunday... We'll be taken up with, uh, I'm doing a four-day birthday event stream, sub for sub, some giveaways, and a whole bunch of madness to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday stream event where we're going to be playing Doom 2016 right into Doom Eternal shortly after it launches. That's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I'll post on, you know, in Discord. I'll post on Twitter, of course, when it's happening. So that's this coming four-day event I got WoW on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it's just Doom for four days. That's the plan. So no show next Sunday, and then I'll post a poll, I think, and we'll decide what the next show after that's going to be. But we'll, we'll we'll see what's going on. Maybe we'll have beta when? Question mark. But until next week, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. Have fun farming your corrupted gear on Tuesday. Remember, do a five mask as a healer. It's really easy. Or as a tank. And then spam those fours unless you're comfortable doing fives because you can just spam them out and you get your gear goes out automatically. You get all the corrupted gear 470, 465, 460, 455, 50, blah, blah, blah. Get it. Get in there. Farm all that gear. But uh, until uh, I'll see you on the Doom stuff until the week after next, I suppose, for the live show. <gasps> Give him a wave, Emerson. Give him a wave. Keg Smash in real life. What's the animation? I'm giving you a wave, but you can't see it. I can't see you. No, I can't. I don't have anything to throw, or that I could safely throw. Fair or enough. Tech smash. <laughs> no Just spike that coffee mug that's sitting there. That works. Uh, no, because that will bounce off my desk into my monitor. Oh gosh. <laughs>